little steely dan keep it playing scott let it get to the the vocal oh what 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 brought this on oh you'll hear okay okay all right sorry just listen to the smoking guitar solo yeah yeah uh so it's uh, that's uh, reeling in the years by Steely yeah, Dan. Reeling in the years. Yeah. I, I Scott, can't you sing. can fade it out. So I thought because this year, I mean, as shitty as it was, it really flew by, didn't it? Like, oh yeah, two, it really did. Because your birthday is next week. A week yeah. you're gonna be fifty-eight. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. You're fifty-eight years old. But yeah, exa- I know. Yeah, you're not gonna I be like fifty-eight. The exaggeration, but that that's. But funny. yeah, it's really flown by, and it's <laughs> I was funny to say you look good for fifty-eight. Like, Damn, fucking great. Hmm? What's your skincare treatment? <laughs> well, we can go through that on a on a show one day. Baby maybe. tears. Yeah. You know, my, my daughter said the uh, last night. She goes, "You should go get in line for the vaccine. You could pass for 75 I'm like, "Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the confidence Listen, boost." I'm, I'm always willing to help out, though. It's a combination of science and sorcery on this face. Is it? So yeah, All right. well, yeah. yeah. We, we should do a whole show on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the reason I wanted to do that is because it's funny when you talk to people about how crazy the past year was and not just with the COVID, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the, the Black Lives Matter stuff and then the insurrection. But that was this year. But right. it's funny if you think about when 2020 started off, do you know what happened on New Year's Eve 2019 that kicked this whole shit off? The Pope slapped a woman's hand. Do you remember that? Oh, right. At the Vatican. She You're got a little right. too handsy. Yeah. And he grabbed her hand and just swatted the top of yep, her hand. Like, stop touching me. And that should have been like the key that this, like, because right after that, didn't Austra- Australia basically caught on fire for yep. like a month? That's right. Yeah. Right. Is that out yet, Scott? Do you know if Australia is still I, ablaze? I don't know. Uh, I wonder. They could be. They might it's even be there. down there. Right. It's, it's summer right now. Yeah, yeah. But here's some other things that happened in 2020 that are kind of, you know, okay. crazy that we, we should, you know, recognize. Sure. Like, uh, tw- uh, uh, the Harvey Weinstein thing. He went to jail. Yeah. Right? He did go to for, jail. It's forgotten. Yeah. Right. Me you know too. He, right. Me too. The whole me too thing. And now it's like, what now? Mike Bloomberg ran for president for five minutes. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Tiger, Tiger King. <laughs> he, oh. he, he spent like $750 million in five minutes. In five, yeah. And that was it. He, he, he tapped out. He's like, yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Tiger King, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I, I couldn't finish the first episode and I just stopped my, yeah. uh, my, with my boyfriend at the time, we couldn't just, I couldn't watch you didn't it like anymore. It? No, couldn't do it. Why? I don't know. Yeah. It just, it, it just was, it was just too much. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I get it. No, that, it's not for everyone. Um, and then everybody thought toilet paper was a cure for COVID. Remember that? The, the oh, whole toilet yeah. Paper? oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, oh, here's a, another good one. When Trump praised COVID opinions of a doctor that believed demons were in sperm. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, uh, yeah. the woman from Haiti. Right. Yeah, the Haiti. She's out there with her white. They just put, they put some woman in a lab coat, and she was, yeah, just spewing it. Yeah. That was, yeah. I got a bunch, but here's a couple more. E- uh, Ebola made an appearance in the Congo. Do you That's remember right. that? Yep. He came back. So didn't want to be a special guest star. Uh, Lori Laughlin <laughs> went to prison. Oh. <gasps> Yes, and yeah. her husband. And her husband, yeah. the guy who makes he's, Target he's, clothes. Yep, he's still there, like, whining away, like, I want to go home. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. Well, most oh, yeah. do when you're in jail. Well, yeah, of course. You yeah. got caught, you go to jail. Yeah. And then the guy who was dressed like the um, the Grand Poobah from the Flintstones, who you know, was at the insurrection, he wants oh. to go home, too, because they don't have organic food. Oh, but right. here's another. Uh, <laughs> in, in November of 2020, a, a reporter named Lysandra Ostrom a writer with The Observer and uh, Huffington Post uh, and one-time pal of Ivanka Trump said in an article uh, that one of her earliest memories of Ivanka is how she once farted loudly and blamed it on a fellow classmate. That was some of the news stories from 
We are going to have to do this on another show. But oh, we I, could do a whole show. I have an, no, but I have a personal account Ivanka Trump story. Farting? No, no. Oh. It's it's much better. Okay. It was before iPhones or otherwise it already would have been out there. One of my good friends at the time and I were at a Saturday Night Live gig and we'll have to talk about oh, it. Oh, I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, you tease it and then nothing. It's a long one. Uh, but yeah. You I, save it because we got we'll a great guest we'll today. We'll save it. We do have I'm a I'm not even going to ask you who it is. I know who it is. So go ahead and uh, introduce. I, I will. You do we it. We are so happy to have live from the West Coast. Ooh. Aiden, yes, I know. I like I like it when we go outside in New York, we yeah. London, California. We have Aiden Park. He is a positivity guru, author, and comedian. So, Todd, you guys love something to talk about. Oh, yeah, we will. And we are just excited to have Aiden here, and we are going to talk about his incredible journey to how he got to those three things and a lot more. So, Aiden, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Abs- I don't know. I, don't, I was like... I don't know if I'm a guru, but yeah, I'm really good at positivity. <laughs> yeah, <you're... laughs> exactly. You're really good at positivity. We'll do that. His energy is the best. Oh, he's it, got. He's like infect- a Red Bull with a head. That's yeah. what it's. It's. It's crazy. It's. He's always so happy. Oh. It's infectious. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And if you if if you've ever watched some of um, Aiden on YouTube and, and and just Google him Aiden Park, you'll yeah, see. You got to check him the out. Same thing. You yeah. got to check it out. And we'll get to that towards the end of the show too. What with uh, what he's currently doing and how you can. Uh, engage with him. So Aiden, you're out in California. How's every, let, let's talk about right now. How are you doing right now? What are you up to right now? And then we'll, then we'll start back in the beginning. Um, I got, I got a lot going on. It's, it's really busy. Good. I mean, I'm looking out my window, there's a palm tree, woo woo. And <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's I released good. my book, uh, you uh, in back in September and I have a one person, uh, show that I'm developing for TV for, um, around that particular piece. And so, yeah, I'm really excited and I'm really busy and very good. So the one man shows in development. Yes. Excellent. Well, actually I'm already, I've already been kind of doing it for, it's interesting how like the, the road has led here because I released my book and then I guess like there's helpful stuff in it. (laughs) And so the cancer society, American cancer society and like um, HIV advocacy groups were like, can you come and speak to our people? So I kind of developed for me doing like these uh, foundations Yep, um, and then colleges. So I'm putting it all together. Yep. And we will talk about the book, The Art of Being Yay, which I love. (laughs) I mean, what what a great title. So what's the book called The Art of Being Gay? But then eh. the my, my team was like, you know, they might think you're trying to turn people homosexual. I was like, really? <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> only that. It's like when you think about it, is there really an art to it? I guess maybe there is. <laughs> I turned you gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. Do you remember? You're a bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Um, <laughs> is this a clean podcast? Do I need to be clean? No, 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 no. no. Oh, great. Awesome. No, we can. We're, we're looking for. We're, look, we're looking. I have for, a lot of fiber, girls. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 looking for a little uh, little spice and controversy here and there. Um, so yeah, we are going to get into the book though, and uh, I I think the most important thing for listeners is to kind of like just hear how you kind of got to got to the book, got to the one-man show. And again, feel free to, yeah. I, I know you've had a lot go on in your life, so feel free to share whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Uh, we're not going to ask any gotcha questions or anything like that, but I know you've got some really great stories, some of them very emotional and heartfelt, which I think is important for our listeners too, because 
Um, one thing I've gleaned from from just ob- observing um, content on you is it's you just make it okay to be to be honest about things, and I really um, I really appreciate that. So before we get there, um, so it kind of started. You used to you're you're you've got great gams. Let's be honest, guys. He, he sure does. Yeah, Aiden Aiden started in ballet, yeah. so let's kind of start there, I guess. Unless you want to go further back and go from there. Uh, well, I actually started in musical theater. I was never, okay. <laughs> I never was like so good at ballet. I was okay. So I'll, okay. I'll sum up my ballet like this. I, I did train at the, uh, the, the lines ballet in San Francisco. Oh, okay. But I was one of those people who wasn't good enough at ballet. So I got relegated to modern and musical theater. <laughs> 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 They're like, uh, you know, maybe your sickled feet and your hunchback can lend Sickle. itself to the inner orchard. That's like, when they, that's like when they made me the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. It's like, um, yeah, you can't sing. You really can't. Just get behind this giant paper mache and you'll be exactly. fine. Is that true? The yeah. plant, the little shop. Just be the plant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, um. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I did that. I did musical theater for a long time. Okay. And um, I, I guess... um. I mean, if I'm going to sum up my life story in like a really truncated fashion, you know, I, I guess like, I, I guess when, when, because, you know, I'm, I'm uh, people kind of assume I just had it easier from, come from privilege because I, I think, I'm, I think it's because I'm tall and I smile a lot. Yeah, that'll do I'm it. Sure. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I drive a Toyota. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, so, but it's like, actually like, you know, I was. I, I mean, I'm just going to go through it fast. It's sure. like, you know, I was brought here when I was nine. I was an undocumented immigrant. You were. And okay. Then, yeah, I was undocumented. Um, then I was raised by my grandma in government housing in San Francisco before it was pretty mm. on $600 a week, eating boxes, uh, eating blocks of government cheese, like bricks. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes they would get stale and I would make art projects. <laughs> oh my God. I would feel like, oh, art, oh, look, I made a gnome. <laughs> and then I would microwave it and just watch it melt. melt. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so then I was also gay, you know, there was stuff around that. And then. Well, were you, were I, you, were you out at nine years old or. No, 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 that came later. I was okay. not out to my family till I was 23. Yeah, there you but go. That's I like me. came okay. out of school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I really? School when I was 15. Yeah. 15 at school. I, I'm not really great at blending in. So, I, <laughs> really, I'm shocked. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. So, I mean, like, you know, in school, it was, it was kind of funny. I have this joke where, you know, people would say, like, you're a fag, you're a fag, you're gay, you're fag all the time. Mm-hmm. And one day I just went to school and this kid was like, you're a fag. And I was like, I don't know where this came from. I was like, oh yeah, well, that's not what your daddy said last <laughs> night while he was sucking my dick. And then... <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I was like, did a ghost of a drag queen just take over my body? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, I got a question for you. Even George, yeah. you can chime in on this. When you said you at nine, you you felt you were gay at nine. Like at what age? Like oh, I don't I even know what age you Wait, came no, no. out, George. 
Well, wait, no, no, but you didn't feel it at nine. No, he didn't. You, right. I didn't either. I, I mean, for me, it was it was around, I'd say 24, 24, 24 20, okay. Yeah, 24, 25. But I you think. never, in high school I, or middle school? I knew. No, you knew. Okay. I knew. I knew, but I did. I didn't come out to my family till I was 23. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. All right. Yeah. I guess I had but some. You didn't feel it. Well, I think around my sophomore or junior year in high school, I did. And I just figured it was something like, oh, yeah, I think about this, think about that. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I pulled uh, uh, it'll just go away thing. Yeah. I'll just go push away, this down. Nobody away. will know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And you push it down. And yeah. yeah. And then the, then the other health issues come into come into play. Right. OK. Just curious. Oh. I never asked you that. I'm sorry. No, it was, it was a, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how old you are. You're clearly not 58. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I was class of 03. So I'm 35. All right. Got it. Yep. Fantastic. He's not yeah. going to tell so, us. I, mean, I don't know what it was like. This is about Aiden, not about George. That's right, George. That's right. <laughs> this is all about Aiden. Deflecting. All right. <laughs> 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 um, all right so. You, you come out at 15 in high school, then you come out at 23 with your parents. So what were you doing at 23 when you were, when you came out to your parents? Did you have a boyfriend already too that was hidden? Like, how did that go? I just had to come out to them. Yeah. I had a boyfriend. You did. You know. Um, yeah. I met him when I was 20. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a, there was a situation like, what do you mean? Well, <sighs> I was, I was, it was a vulnerable spot. I got out of high school and then I couldn't go to college and I couldn't get a job. Okay. And so I was a hooker for a while. Oh, really? All right. And then I got HIV. Okay. And so I was like really, I was destabilized uh, very much so. Okay. No, thank you for sharing that. Okay. So you were in a, you were in a place and then you met somebody that was, that provided what, some guidance, like a North star, that type of thing. Yeah, he was he was a very sweet guy, awesome. or he is a very sweet guy. Um, he's Great. still alive. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, you know, we he uh, was there for me um, yeah. during during those times, and uh, uh, I credit him to a, a lot of how I learned. Like you know, I learned how really we were both each other's first relationship. He was thirteen years older than me, but okay. I was. We were both each other's first relationship, and sure. by twenty three, I was with him for three years. Okay, um, and uh, then I came out to my um, my my mom. Okay, uh, yeah. So you met him. If you don't mind, let me go back. So you met him at twenty. You were going through what you're going through, and believe me, for a twenty year old, that's a lot to go through. And thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So you met him at twenty. So then, how? What was his impact on you? What like what what kind of started change like what what did what did you get into next obviously you didn't stay doing what you were doing you wanted to get into something different so like what was the impact what did you start getting into you know you're in this relationship like yeah. work-wise well, education so relationship. what it wasn't, it wasn't so much the relationship okay. that made put me on the new trajectory oh, so okay. like when i was i mean I, I he was great we made a lot of mistakes with each other <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's say that. Okay. Um, sure. But, but you know, when I was 20, uh, I was doing like community theater productions because what else am I going to do? I can't go to school. I can't get a job. I'm so wait, why can't you go? Right. So you can't go to school. Was it financial reasons? It was a financial thing? Undocumented. Oh, oh right. right. Yeah, so I forgot got that. it. Got it. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. So it was like, 
a situation. Yeah, for sure. I guess it was financial because if I had $150,000 a year, I could pay international student rates and go to school. Yeah. But I couldn't, you know. No, no, no. It's um, more, I, I get it. I get it. All right. So sorry. Back back to what what happened internally for you. That What changed for you? Well, um, you know, I was doing community theater and I met a friend who went to this eccentric voice teacher in San Francisco and she told him my story. And then he was like, oh, bring him out, give him a scholarship. So I started going to his school and then I got connected to um, the San Francisco Dance Center where I did work exchange. Like I did like a clean toilets or whatever to like take dance classes and then I took singing classes for free with him and I got in touch with like other acting classes, like kind of situation. Okay. And I, um, I, uh, you know, was training to be a musical theater person. Okay. Uh, and he, the voice teacher also changed my life because he sent me to an empowerment workshop. Um, ah, okay. before then I'd never, I actually like wasn't parented because my grandmother didn't speak English. And I didn't speak English and my mom was gone, you know, uh, so I, I moved here with wow. my mom and she had to take a job across the country. So I was just kind of like, I didn't, I didn't know what taxes were. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't know, um, common manners. <laughs> I just, I just, did, I was like raised in the wild <laughs> kind of, that, that's I just it. went to school. That's it. Yeah, no, that's a great metaphor. But that's a great metaphor, but um, clearly, you, with despite all that, I, I I would debate that you didn't know manners. You you must have been able to form relationships with people. Yeah, I mean, we didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I was I was like, I just didn't know like certain source social norms. Like, sure. I honest, really honestly, I didn't know thank yous and please. Like a friend of my a, a friend of mine's mom was like, you didn't even say thank you for the ride we gave you, and I was like. Oh yeah, you're supposed to say thank you. Okay, like mm. you know stuff like that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. it's you're you're just learning the customs and you're learning at a different stage of life. Yeah. That, that that's quite all right. I yeah. th I think it's appropriate. You know, I think it's it's really appropriate when you say yeah. I was I was basically born out in the wild and now you're like come quote unquote coming into society or however you want to phrase it. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, all right. So you're doing this empowerment work. Let, let's get to the empowerment workshop. So this is the first empowerment workshop. And was that the was was that a changing situation for you? Yeah. OK, totally. So let's like, talk about uh, that. Completely. And so um, I never before then. I didn't know. That you were responsible, like you were responsible for what happens in your life. You you had you, you, you know, empowerment means like you have the power to affect change in your life sure, and sure. direct your life and before then i just thought things kind of just happened and you kind of dealt with it right. so survival like things have happened and you deal with it things happen and then you deal with it whereas if you're driving your own ship you're trying to get somewhere right you can do that yeah um and so that's where i learned that and i really loved it um it was called the liberty experience uh, by a man who was HIV positive named Matt Garrigan. Um, and so for me as a young man who was HIV positive, recently diagnosed, right. who felt like my life was just all over the place to see this healthy man leading this seminar and empowering so many people was huge. Yeah. And so, what an example. I mean, it was like, wow, that's cool. Right. And then um, I threw myself into empowerment because I was like, well, what else am I going to do? So, I went to like 
every class that I could. I studied like um, that's where I got my master practitioner um, in neurolinguistic programming because uh, I threw myself in NLP. Wow. And I was like, OK, all right. Like, what, what can I do? What can I do? And so I studied all this, but I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want people to think I was a weirdo. Um, <laughs> and so I had my certification, but I didn't tell anyone. It was just for me. Right. Right. But I was like, when I became super effective, I became like, I was like, and people like, it was, it was literally like, I was in show business in LA. Right. And in, in, you know, as I started comedy, as I started acting, like I, I was like producing and writing, you know, uh, my, my own TV show. Uh, I produced a show at the laugh factory for four years. I became a headliner really quick. And it's just applying those tools so, to like get stuff. So to get there, though, so you were studying to be a master in masters in neurolinguistic programming. The empowerment workshop, you started, you basically started owning owning your behavior and 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 realizing that you can make the change. Is that what got you into writing your own show, comedy, and all that? You just you like where, did that was that like fruit that was that was born out of out of that empowerment workshop and just realizing that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay, you already so did entertainment. At- I get it, but I feel like the I'm empowerment. Sorry? You already were in, you know, entertainment a little bit, but it seems like the yeah. empowerment workshop changed things for you. Oh, totally. Okay. So, what what it was was it was you know you as you I mean, George, you uh you do consulting, so you understand like yep. you have to go where you're valued. You have to go where you give value and where people perceive value in you, yep. right? So Correct. there's a lot of business concepts in in the way I kind of cultivated my um, career. Yep. Yeah. So I started as a musical theater actor. I got nine productions of Miss Saigon. Nice. <laughs> like I went to China to do Miss Saigon, which means that I, the people from China had to fly to the United States to find a Korean to fly to China to play a Vietnamese person. <laughs> and by that I was documented. I got documented when I was 21. So okay. Yahoo, Yahoo for me. Yes. Um, and so I was able to work. And then after that, I was like, this is it for me. So I need to go somewhere else. How about film on television? Maybe I have more to offer there. I went there and I wasn't quite right for a type for film and television. I was really big. I was it's just not quite big personality. Really, really. Yeah. Personality wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, OK, so this I got a few co-stars. I got a few commercials and I was like, how do I adjust again? Because in business, you have to offer something that no one else will be able to offer and become a commodity of your own. Like, you know, Aiden Park has to be Aiden Park. Right. And not it could be Aiden or Joe or John or Chang or, you know, (laughs) Jang or whatever. Some other Asian guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. No, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So So, then I was like, well, how do I do that? Yes. That's what I want to hear. Stand up comedy. And so I started stand up as a way to get on stage and try to develop like and cultivate like a, a value in it of myself. It started as a business tactic, actually. OK. Um, and then I was like, I did it and I, I was really good at it. I was like, oh, wow, cool. This is fun. And so. And what was your I, what was your comedy style, if you don't mind me asking? Was it was it like on current events? Was it more about your life? Like what like what was the what was um, the story impact? based? 
story so very uh, story based. Okay. But I learned the best. Um, uh, I got this best advice from this person um, that that I took a class with uh, in the beginning because they took classes. Sure. And he said he recommended writing my um, stories in thoughts. Okay. So, so it's not in full sentences. So it's not like you have a paragraph. It's like, thanks for having me on Curious George podcast. Thought. I'm really happy to be here. Thought, you know, it's so it, it, it's like almost like a uh, poem. And every third one of those has to have some kind of joke or a laughter cue so that the momentum is going. And so I applied that. I wrote stories and I applied that structure to my stories and it, it works really well. My <laughs> God, it's like a form of coding. It's like comedic coding. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah, what it sounds like. I love it. Does it, it saves me. Does your, does your stand-up have any of your uh, uh, motivational material in it, or is it strictly stand-up? Oh, uh, yeah, it's very um, fused. I talk about my Great. HIV, and yeah. um, I talk about you know, being undocumented. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so I bring all of those elements in. But the test is, I want to be able to talk about that and have it stand on its own at comedy clubs and okay. not at empowerment. Cause I could do an empowerment show and I could make a joke like, well, it's nice that you got up this morning to come here and then they'll laugh because <laughs> it's just because right, right. it's an empowerment show. Right. But I want to do like stand up comedy level material at empowerment shows. Right. Uh, right. So, that's really exciting for me. Yeah. But, but being able to fuse the comedy with the motivational, that, that'll, that makes it easier for you to write the one man show, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so now you got the, you got the comedy thing going and where does the positivity part of, let's call it the positivity part of the business and the author, the author part of the business. When does that start coming in? So you, you've got comedy going, you're feeling good about it. You're getting great responses, headlining a few shows. You're writing your own one-man show. Um, where does the where does the positivity? Let's well, it says on there, guru. So where does the positivity yeah. guru come in? It did in? say guru. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Where does that come so, in? <laughs> so back <laughs> then, up until I was about thirty-three, that's about two, three years ago. Okay. I wasn't as open about my life. I didn't talk about undocumented. I didn't talk about HIV. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Um, I did not in my comedy. Um, what changed was I had a boyfriend uh, that I met when I was 27 named Michael. And oh. I loved him so much. And then he got cancer and passed away. Oof. At 33. At When you and were 33? When I was 33. Yeah. Oh, I'm he sorry was to 52. hear that. Okay. Um, That's my, oh, no, sorry. It, it, it screwed me. I was like, well, so, yeah, it's a big blow. Yeah. So up until then it was like, I'll use my empowerment tools to accomplish jobs, accomplish career, accomplish money, get this and this result and that result and you know, whatever, you know, but then when he died, yeah. I was, I didn't care. I, I got like, I was like catatonic. I was so in love with it. Was, uh, it was like, we were together all the time. We were okay. like Thelma and Louise if they could just admit they were lesbian. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we did everything together. And when he passed away, 
all everything became second priority. I was like, either I'm going to kill myself or find a way to feel better than this. That's right. it. Okay. So if I'm not going to kill myself, then I need to find a way to get happier because I can't live like this. Right. I cannot, I will not live like this for the rest of my, I just couldn't. So then that's when I was like, what if I take, I, because I, what the goal is, the goal has always been get the career, get the job, whatever. What if I apply empowerment tools that I learned so far and apply it directly to an emotional result of being happier because the goal is to get happier. Yep. So okay. then I started researching what is happiness. Very little out there about how to get happier, actually. Um, and, and NLP and empowerment is usually what I've found in the, in, in the past is it's about a result. It's not so much about an emotional result. But uh, so it was kind of a challenge. So I was like kind of trial and erroring. Okay. Figuring out how, what will make me happier? How do I frame myself in the direction of happiness? Um, and there were some key points that I discovered that actually I kept working on that worked, that tilted me in the direction of happy. Okay. So much so that people around me noticed, including my mentor over at Pepperdine University. She ran yep. the business department. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this episode. I just want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Humans for Education. You can find them at humansforeducation.org. They're an organization that wants to eliminate poverty in our lifetime. Huge goal, but completely doable, and you can help. Humans for Education likes to create sustainable businesses in Kenya where people are microfinanced by the organization, create businesses that help support families, and more importantly, education. Please go to humansforeducation.org. That's humans, F-O-R, education.org, and sign up to become a volunteer, make a donation, and or join the Go the Distance fundraiser that's running between February 1st and March 31st. Sign up with your friends, do a 7K, raise a ton of money, and you'll be helping people set up their own businesses and further education around the world. That's humansforeducation.org. Thank you very much. So what were, some of like, those, what were some of those things? Because I think we probably have a lot of people out there who have dealt with grief or are dealing yeah. with grief. And this is really, um, this is important because, listen, it, 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 grief is tough. And, but at the same time, I, I feel selfish saying this, but maybe you can help me through this, Aiden. I get to the point where I'm like, I used to dwell on things when they were bad. And now I'm like, you know what? God forbid this happens or uh, whether it's a breakup or a death, you, you, I let it wash over me. But I don't, life is so short, I don't want to spend a lot of time. Like you said, I don't want to live like this. So I just yeah. kind of take a harder stance, like I'm going to deal with it. And if it pops back once in a while and I get triggered, that's okay. But the point is, yeah. I want to start, I want to continue. It, it's like, you know, they like you talk about business schools. It's like, there's always business continuation. Well, there's also life continuation. How do you continue your life? Yeah. So a major, major tool. Yes, that I, I learned that was that was helpful, and I and I picked up stuff from like. Sometimes I picked up stuff from like my friends who watch the YouTube video who throw things at me, and I would just try things on for size just to do it. Sure. And I came across this concept that um, uh, if you get really clinical about anything that we actually want to accomplish, there's an emotional result at the end of it that we're going for. So, I 
might want to get uh, to be a headlining stand-up comedian so I can feel empowered in my ability to accomplish things or I can feel that joy of being on stage and sharing with the audience or that right. connection that I share afterwards. Right. So it, it, if you really boil it down, it's all emotional. Right. So what happened was I, I learned that and I would get triggered. I would go through the day and I actually write about this in my book. Like I'd be at the grocery store yeah, and I'd be like, you know, kale, spinach. Oh my God, it's arugula. Like, <laughs> like, okay. You never know. You right. never know when it's going to happen. Yeah, there could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There could have been a connection so, around arugula. It could have been when you were cooking together in the kitchen. I, I get it. Yep. The yeah. color of it. The, yeah. There was a, there was a thing. There was a situation where Michael was always the money guy. He kept track of the money. Okay. And I lost a huge check. And I immediately started like sobbing, crying. I was like, Michael, I hate you. I hate you for dying and blah, blah, blah. And it just went crazy. Okay. And then I was like, wait a minute. Okay. So if, if, if everything that I want is emotional, let me try putting Michael in that category. What would he be providing for me emotionally if he were here? Okay. And I started talking to myself the way Michael would. Maybe oh. he was in New York. He's like, mm. it's going to be all right. You're going to get another check. It's going to be fine. He, he moved his hands a lot. He was like, baby, don't freak out. Okay. Okay. And I was just like, and what was that emotion? Comfort, care, safety. Yeah. So now the goal is, all right, Aiden, give yourself comfort, care, and safety. It's going to be different. But you're going to give that to yourself, that which you're missing from Michael emotionally. So it's about, so it's not the same. Of course, you miss Michael. Of course. But it, I'm still going to be able to give myself those emotional ends through my creative solutions. So talking to myself in that way or like in the cereal aisle at the grocery store. Sure. I was like, I saw Lucky Charms and I started breaking down. Okay. And it's because I would always be like, Michael, we got to get the healthy cereal. He's like, I'm not eating that crap or getting the Lucky Charms. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Michael. And of course we take it home and I eat most of the box, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, at that moment, it reminded me like Michael represented for me in that moment, a, a, um, a permission to have fun. So I have to now give myself that if I want that. So really identifying what it is that they provided for you. And then, get, so triggers are great because you know how you said, like, sometimes you'll get triggered. Yeah. Triggers are great because it, it, it is, it is, it is information telling you, you want this part of your life and you actually think not you, I'm not talking to you specifically, but like as a general sure. thing, it's, it's like you want comfort and care and you think that this person is the way to get comfort and care. So you think you miss the person, but what you're missing is the emotional end, kind of. A, right. A part of you is missing the person, but you also want to go for the emotional end. And so when you hit a trigger, it's like really good to apply that rule and give yourself that which you're missing so that you have more inroads to get that emotional result. And it empowers you. I mean, it, it makes you really strong. Aiden, I got to tell you right now, I'm just having a quick moment. 
it's like it's this doesn't work just when you're grieving over loss of like like what what you had to deal with in terms of uh, of a death. It also I think a lot of people could deal with this when relationships just end because it makes yeah. you realize that you know maybe you really shouldn't have been with that person. You wanted the care and comfort, but maybe you can find that somewhere else. Yeah. So it, it like helps yeah. you get over that person quicker and just yeah. be like, okay, comfort and care, this is what I need. And then it almost sets you up with like filters for the next people you meet when you go on dates or you're out with friends and you meet somebody. Um, I really like that. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was good. Sorry, is there yeah. more to it? Yeah, I want to hear more. This, no, this is great. I mean, and it works for everything. It, it's great. I mean, I'll be sitting in traffic and I'll be like, ah, I don't want to be here. Uh, okay. If I wasn't in traffic, what would I be feeling? Peace, comfort. Great. I have YouTube. Turn on some Enya and do breathing exercises <laughs> and be mindful in the car. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then I get what I want anyway. Can't do much about traffic. Can't bring Michael back from the dead. Can't bring back that ex-boyfriend, but you can give yourself the emotional end anyway. And it's so empowering because you don't need the world to change now. Right. Right. It's so great. Aiden, when when Michael, <clears throat> I just want to go back a little further. Um, you, you said when, when Michael passed away, you you kind of lost it, um, and you you became suicidal. You hear people say that you know I, I became suicidal, but you know, you know how serious they are. You know, were you super serious about being suicidal? Did you actually take steps to? Um, yeah. Uh, were, yeah, I. I, I <laughs> I have a bit about it, actually. I talk about it mm -hmm. because I think part of the reason why suicide is so prevalent is because people won't talk about it because yeah. it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, right. So people suffer alone and they do it. So, yeah, I went shopping for a gun no. and I'll do I'll do the bit for you. Okay, okay I went let's see. All right. Here we go. This is a Curiously George exclusive Aiden's bit. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear this. If you haven't heard this, this is great. I went shopping for a gun and I found a gun for $300 at a pawn shop. And then I found a gun online for $75 and I thought, wow, you know, how can somebody just buy a gun online for $75 when in person it's $300? What a ripoff. Yeah. That's when I realized I am so cheap. I am bargain hunting for my suicide weapon. <laughs> I love it. Which is so stupid. If there was ever a time to put something on a credit card, that would have been it. <laughs> That's so you're the time like, to do it. So you're like debating like, <laughs> oh, do I want the pawn shop suicide or yeah. the Amazon suicide? Right, and just throw it on yeah. a card. You or don't have to worry about it. Or maybe a Walmart suicide, yeah. right. And just put it on a card. <laughs> no, no, well, I'm not paying for it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, if I rent a helium tank from Party City and suck on it, I think I could oh. kill myself. But then if I do that, then my spirit could get caught in the tank because something goes wrong. And then yeah. I get taken back to Party City and I get rented out by different balloon animal artists week after week after week in this tank. Right. And then I'm haunting the tank. So every time they make a balloon <laughs> animal, they hear, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, my goodness. Terrible. Wow. But yeah, I was super serious. Yeah. The thing that actually put me over the edge was my mom called me. And I said, I don't want to be alive. Hmm. And she said, you know, you really got to stay alive for me because when your grandmother died, I was really in a lot of pain and I stayed alive for you. Hmm. And I can't yep. believe I said this to her. I was like, well, then mother, we should both kill ourselves because I don't want to be here and you don't want to be here. So I don't see why we both have to be here. Can we just both go? And that's when I hung up. I was like, I'm wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Right. So I was like, wow. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. When and you're we, in that level of pain, you see nothing clear. You don't. No. I, I can't I, imagine. I like, told my mom to go kill herself. So I was like, at this point, did you at this point seek therapy? Where did you get into drug use or drinking? What, what what was the light that you say? Okay, I need some. I need some help. The weirdest things can happen that'll trigger you to uh, make a decision. Because mm-hmm. I was in the middle. I really was. I was like, I could go or I could stay. I don't know. I don't see why I have to do this. I don't see why I have to do this. Right. And I was watching Judge Judy. And she was yelling at some Asian lady for not being prepared. Hey, hey, you know, she was like mad. She's like, why did you come here picnic? And I was like, and literally I thought if I die, my mom, that, that could be my mom. And there's no way my mom brought her son over here undocumented from Korea and worked her ass off just so she could have her son die and then get yelled at by some old bitch. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking do that. I was pissed. I was like, I can't yeah. do that fucking dirt. I, I don't know what I was. Th- I was also in the state where I was talking about helium, right? Helium tank sucking and then yeah. haunting. So I wasn't really haunting thinking, tanks. but I was. But I did say, if I'm going to stay, though, that's where I was like, if I'm going to stay, I'm not staying feeling like that. I'm not staying feeling this bad. Right. So then that's the deal. You can stay and we're shitting, get off the pot. We're, we're getting off the pot here, but we're finding a way to make this work. Yeah. And that's that how is you, acceptable to me. And, yep. and that's how you went on this process, which is, I mean, I real, yeah, I mean, I'm getting something out of this right now. This is great. Yeah. Especially the tool you, oh, you basically yeah, developed yeah. your, no, you developed tools to go on in life. And I, I, I think that's really important. So how did you get, so let's talk about the book. So the art of being yay, it was released in September. Like where, where did this, where did this come from? What's the book about who would benefit from it? Like give it, give us a, give um, us a summary. Everyone, <laughs> everyone would be, everyone would benefit from this. And I know that I went really heavy on my life story in the beginning, but I just wanted to, no, we wanted you to, we wanted you to, how this happened, right? Yep. Um, it's all a part the, of the story. The, the book happened this way. I mean, and this is the other miracle of the, so the art of being gay has has me on the cover opening my chest like Superman mm-hmm. art of being gay on my chest. OK. And um, I don't know if you've seen the cover. That's what the cover looks like. Yeah. Right. So. The, the way the book happened was. I started applying this thought tool and, and a couple of other ones and. People around me, within six months, people around me noticed the difference. Because, yeah, sure, I wasn't jumping for joy, but I was like, I felt empowered. I felt hopeful about my future because I was able to give myself some emotional ends. It's amazing. I felt hopeful about, this was like six, seven months after Mike died. So my mentor from from uh, Enet, uh, from Pepperdine, mm-hmm. um, I, met me a month after I lost Michael and I was not well. I was, <laughs> and then he, she saw me like in February and then she was like, you seem so different. What happened? And this was not an anomaly. So like what happens is when you start acting with your happiness as the end goal and you get happier, 
people notice. Everybody notices. Everybody's like, what are you doing? How, how are you doing this? Do you want to come collaborate with me here? Kasha, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kasha, Mrs. Kasha introduced me to you. I didn't know her. She's just like, who is this happy person? Right. Yeah. And, uh, She's all about that. So yeah. They notice. They're like, oh, why are you so why are you so happy? What's going on? How are you able to manage this? They ask questions and everybody wants to work with you and date you. and Everything happens. Then she was like, well, how did you do this? I told her and she was like, you need to write a book about this. I'm going to get you in touch with my good friend who is a book coach. Um, and so you should consider hiring her. And so I took the meeting. I told her my story and she was like, you know what, Aiden, this book needs to happen. So I'm going to give you a scholarship to my book, um, uh, wow, complete nice. the book process, sure. which was like $15,000 because yeah. people like, I guess, dream of writing books and then they get walked through. Yeah. So she put me in that group. And so things just kind of fell into place and I didn't do much. I just was happy. And so, and then I noticed also when I was doing this, my career blew up because I was no longer making the career the end goal. Right. So I was just happy. Exactly. And then people were like, do my show, do my show, do my show, be my friend, be my friend. And I was like, of course, of course, if you're confident and positive, everybody wants you around. Of course. Yeah. So make the end result. And that's why the art of being yay, your, your happiness is your superpower. Right. If you can get happy and confident and hopeful, everything else falls into place. I agree. I do too. I've seen it. It's, it's happened to me too. It happened to me in 2006, you know, which is a story for another day. But uh, huh. yeah, I completely. You have I completely, all these stories for another day. You have the great Ivanka <laughs> Melania story. And then you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, no, this is, no, it just what you're talking about, Aiden, just just comes back. Just it just brings back a lot of interesting. It, it's just it's so true. But people don't unless you go through it, they just don't realize it. And they they probably when you see the book, you know, when they hear about the book, it's like, oh, yeah, of course, being happy, being happy. It's like, well, there is work involved, right? I mean, it takes work to get there. There, but, it, but if you do the work, it's not, it's not a done deal. Right. It's like every day, every day. Right. How do you win? But, How do you win every day? How do you win the day every morning? It's like you get up now and I keep my, my mind blank. It's like, okay, what do I have to do today? How can I win the day? And that makes me feel better. And when I do it five days in a row, I have a really good weekend. Yeah. That's a big win too for you. Yeah. And the, the, the thing I love about this book, <clears throat> yeah. the forward's done by uh, comedian Margaret Cho. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Margaret Cho. Oh, of course I Outstanding am. Outstanding comic. Margaret and I think Cho. Aiden's worked with her plenty of times. Um, yeah. But I'm a huge fan. But the foreword says, this book's an essential and highly effective manual for mental health and happiness. I recommend it to anyone who needs a hug, an emotional boost, and a roaring good time. So, I mean, that speaks volumes right there. Yeah. It's so, pretty cool. It's pretty cool because when I moved here when I was nine, I was 1994, and... Margaret was the only Asian person on TV with her show All American Girl. That's right. Yes. I forgot I about that. So, yeah. Right. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, Margaret. And then during my teenage years, I watched I'm the one that I want. During the time I was gay, she felt like I was okay to be gay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to open for her and have her write the forward to my book and give that kind of rec I mean, are you, I mean, come on. Oh no. The, to and, have and, her on my phone to dial? Come on. I, I'm I, like, whoa. And I totally feel him there because yeah. as a, I'm a stand-up comic as well. Yeah. That when as a feature act, which is your middle act in a show, yeah. you get to work with a lot of amazing headliners and yeah. people that you've admired, you know, growing up. Sure. And uh, to be able to sit with these people in the green room or go out 
to dinner or lunch with them or whatever and just pick their brains and, you know, get some advice and learn about the craft of comedy. You can't you can't put a, a monetary value on no. how important that is. No. And for him to and I, you've worked with her a couple of times, right, Aiden? Yeah, I can't say enough about her. Yeah, it's amazing. I was in a cancer fundraiser a couple of months ago where my book was like getting auctioned off. And I had a hundred books that like what was being given to the American Cancer Society. And I called her and I was like, Margaret, can you sign these to of up course. the value for the donations? There you go. Of course you did it. Yeah. Of course, Aiden. That's so That's great. great. That's of really course, awesome. I, mean, I love it. What a great, she's a, she's a yeah. real. Nope. She yeah. really, no, she really is. She's a badass and she's super funny and, uh, she's very, um, she's just very human, very relatable, which I've always admired about her. Um, so the one man show, is this going to be based on yay or, or is this born out of born out of yay, the one man show? And are you, do you want to do it on stage or are you thinking like a Netflix, you know, streaming type of thing or both? Uh, so I kind of like have been doing it for colleges and foundations, you know, and now I'm solidifying everything to tour with theaters and to uh, an hour and a half stand up comedy show. And Within the show, I cover my story and I cover the Michael thing and the thought tools as well. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm working really hard on trying to find a way to deliver the message and also have it be hilarious that it could stand on its own at a comedy club. Right. So it's been such a great challenge and I'm successful most times. And then sometimes I'm like, this is boring. Or sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> okay. So it's really cool. I want to do this for Netflix. Yeah, that'd be great. My God, that's awesome. You got to keep us updated on that. Um, where can people yeah. buy the book? Is it like Amazon? Do you have a website I can direct them to? What what, what works for you? Uh, Amazon. Um, and uh, you know what I do also, if you go to my website. Yep. Which is, uh, which, yep. Which it's is. It's all about. Uh, Aidenpark.com. Yeah, my 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 name. Yep. Com. Huh. Got it. Love it. And then <laughs> if you go to my blog, like the whole thing is actually you could spend all day there and then find information on how to manage your thoughts in the direction of happiness. Mm -hmm. So, so here's another piece of information that I don't know if people want. Um, there's this idea of the thought momentum. So you think a thought. If you think a sad thought, I'm sad it triggers a sad emotion and then it, and, and it inspires another sad thought. Oh, I miss my mom. Another a sad emotion triggers another sad thought. I'm lonely. It just keeps going, going, going. Right. And it builds and builds and builds and it won't stop until you uh, go to sleep or drink. That's actually how to stop <laughs> it. Um, un unless you know how to take care of it. Yeah. Right. People go, I want to control my emotions. You don't control your emotions. Your emotions are actually a response mechanism to whatever you're thinking. Right. So this momentum can only be stopped by managing your thoughts, not your emotion. So you must manage your thoughts and you go one minute, one minute, it starts building momentum. Three minutes, you're on a roll. There's a part in your brain called yeah. reticular activation system that helps you with it. It's a part of your brain that deletes, distorts, generalize its incoming information. So when you're sad, you only see sad. Just like when you buy a Honda, you only see Hondas on the road yeah, because yeah. there's a filtering system. That's right. That's, that's now seeing it as relevant. Yep. So, yeah. you know, like, 
So things like that, I have on my website, right? Excellent. And there's all these tools and you can go to aidenpark.com. And if you sign up for my mailing list, I have a different newsletter that goes out every Friday. It's called the Feel Better Newsletter. <laughs> um, I think it's cute. <laughs> and it goes out every Friday. <laughs> oh my God, you're, you're, you're hitting it on it all right now. <laughs> so yeah, please uh, go to my website and join that and keep in touch with me. I'm accessible. Well, so, I will yeah. be I will be keeping in touch with you yeah, for we sure. Yeah, definitely will. Um and we have to have Aiden back on oh, um, definitely. I would say April and spring like, as we start yeah, coming out of things and Yeah. And uh Watch me be all strung out. I'm like, I gave up on the happiness <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> Fuck happiness. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, but don't do that. No, it would be a great <laughs> show. It would be a great show, but definitely don't do that. We don't want to, yeah. But um, yeah, everybody that's listening, you want to go to AidenPark.com. The book is The Art of Being, Being Yay. Yay. We've been talking with Aiden Park, positivity guru, author, and comedian. Aiden, thank you so much for your time. We know you're from California. We appreciate you uh, giving us your morning and um, we will we'll be in touch soon. This is fantastic. Yeah, that was great. Yahoo! Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and like I said, I'll be in touch. I'll uh, I'll send you a text later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. If you guys ever want to just say hi, please feel free to just hit me up. And if you need comment, I'm look I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm pointing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but you know, if you want to uh, need any help with comedy thing, please text me. Or if you have any questions about anything, <laughs> uh, you guys, any any time, my phone is open. I. Absolutely. I absolutely will. I could definitely see no, I'll some definitely, I'm going to be in here. touch with you regarding comedy. Um, uh, I don't know if you ever get East Coast. Uh, I help uh, run a club here in Rochester, so there might be some uh, opportunity there. So I, we'll definitely be I in think touch. that would be amazing. Especially with that one-man show if you are going to take it on the road. So let's talk some oh more. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would yeah. be, I, that would be amazing. Jamestown, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Jamestown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you been? Yeah. I did the ice rink at Jamestown for yeah. Jamestown Pride. It was so weird. Did you? Oh well, Jamestown is the home of the Comedy Hall of Fame. That's right. That's where it is. That's right. Yeah. I think that's a great right. idea. Yeah. You, you need to go there. Yep. But I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And no. uh, I don't know, Aiden, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. I just think with some of the companies and stuff I deal with, when I think about company cultures and things like that, this is um, this is interesting. Yeah. So we'll I'm glad we met him. This was a great hookup. Can I tell you this? Sure. Because I didn't think this was pertinent to the podcast. I'm actually working with uh, new economics for women for financial mobility. And so they're bringing me in to train their teams um, on the ideas of economic mobility, combining it with comedy. So that's a great yeah, idea for whatever. I'm, I'm really great for corporate. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's great. No. And it's also I good money. It. Hire me. God. <laughs> oh my God. This is Hire me. Um, anyway, but, uh, so anyway, thank you, Aiden. This has been Thanks, great. Aiden. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Aidenpark.com. The art of being yay. And we will see Aiden again really soon. Yeah, we definitely will. Oh, was we were a... still on the radio. Okay. Yep. I, yeah. know. No, I, thought, I no. thought we were off. <laughs> no. That's what makes it so fun. Now we're going to go off because I got to go on to my next thing. But thank you so much, Aiden. We okay. really appreciate it. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Bye. I love it. Yeah. It was great. It was a, it was a fantastic story, and I'm glad Kasha oh, hooked us God. up with him. Um, Isn't that great? I knew from what, what Kasha had told me about him that it was going to be very informative as well as interesting oh yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. and I, I i think some of the big takeaways and I, you know i love to do this at the end of every show um 
you know, if you're listening, especially now, you know, with, with everything that's going on, there, there's a whole grieving process going on now just with COVID. You don't see people. You don't see family. Right. People you know might be sick or might yep. have passed away. And I think the, the one phrase that Aiden came out with on the show today was, I won't, you have to just look in the mirror. I almost think and say, I won't live like this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, go to, go to his website, look and see some, some of the tools he provided on the show today were so valuable. Right. It's like, I won't live like this. It, so yeah. it's like making that conscious decision. Like I'm going to live, but I'm not going to live like this. And how do you make that change? And I love the, the thought of like pulling in people. I mean, I've told you about the the twins from Empire Comics, right, yes. you know, when they yep. passed away, they still come into my thoughts at certain times. Oh, absolutely. And, and Jimmy will talk to me or Tony will talk to me and be like, yeah, kid, th- listen, this is what you got to do, kid. It's not no big deal. Because sometimes in my head, if something happens at work and I think it's such a big deal, I just imagine being in that comic store. I'm like, what would Jim do? I'm like, well, A, Jim wouldn't care. Yeah. And B, if the person came in, Jim would just be like, oh, okay. You know, it, that, that's how I deal with celebrities. Jim didn't know celebrities. You could have freaking, at the time in the 80s, you could have Magnum P.I. walk in, whatever the hell his name is. And, and Tom Selleck. Yeah, Tom Selleck. How yeah, now dare he, you? Now how, he, how dare oh, him? please. He does those cheesy, like, uh, reverse I, mortgages. I trust a, them. Well, he was a legend. Too. He was a legend back then. Or is the a mu- legend. With the mustache. Right, Scott? Yeah. Yes. But anyway, Tom Selleck had walked in and Jim just would have treated him like any other customer. So it's just like anytime you feel that anxiety, it's like you imagine those people that you've lost in your life. And you they do. Come back. Right. You, you do. step outside the situation. I love it. But look, look at it with other eyes. If you take anything away from this today, just de- depending on where you are and in what state you're in, just be like, I won't live like this. And then, you know work on how you're going to reframe happiness. What does that look like? I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. And I'm, I'm yep. actually, I, I, I'm really interested in the one man show because I did one myself about my mother. Yep. So I'm really interested to see what he comes up with. And I, I hope he does take it on the road. Excellent. This is great show. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Great show. A lot of fun. Hey, say goodbye, George. Goodbye, George.